The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All Sports Talk is on News Radio WGNS. All Sports Talk is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm Agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro, Smyrna, and all of Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. And the Blue Raider Insider Report, sponsored by Mike Tanzel at My Team Insurance. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk, a Tuesday edition, a rainy Tuesday it is. Tony Stennett, long-time assistant over at MTSU in the um, MT Athletic Communications Department, uh, handles women's basketball, among other duties, uh, the Blue Raider Hall of Fame and all that. And, Tony, I thought we'd get into that first. As a matter of fact, is the Hall of Fame – I guess that's kind of a never-ending uh, endeavor for you guys, and I guess you'll be meeting and kind of narrowing down your choices for the upcoming class. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> funny you want to start with that because we were actually just uh, having a meeting and talking about uh, this yesterday. We'll soon be taking nominations uh, for this upcoming class. And, you know, once you're nominated, you're on the ballot for five years. So. Uh, if someone has been nominated within the last now four years, uh, since last year would count as one of those five, they remain on the ballot. But uh, every year, you know, we take new nominations for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, to make sure that anybody that hasn't been nominated um, has a chance to get nominated. And then again, um, there are those times people just assume someone may have been nominated that they haven't been. Uh, so that, that nomination ballot is always a work in progress. Um, one thing I've been real pleased with um, since I've been able to get involved with the Hall of Fame and now kind of taking that over from Jim Simpson, and Jim and I talked about it a lot, even when he was still here all the time and, and involved with the varsity club. But um, one thing we do in our office, which I think, should always kind of be a role of the communications office is going through those uh, nominations and looking at people who haven't been nominated or should be uh, making sure that people that are coming up um, that have been out 10 years get nominated that should be. So our office, um, you know, does a good job, I think, of making sure people are on that ballot that need to be. Uh, that might otherwise in the past have been overlooked. So that process has started, and we'll, we'll take nominations. Uh, that will go up here on the website in um, 
in April, and then we'll also be sending uh, information out to our to all of our our letter winners, letting them know that the process has has begun, and then we'll have our first committee meeting in May, and then uh, you know it's hard to believe, but here within two months we'll already be selecting next year's class, um, and it seems like just yesterday we were inducting a really great class and. Of course, last year was so, or yeah, last fall was so great just to be back in in person and doing it that way again. So uh, it should be really exciting. And as always, there'll be a lot of uh, very deserving people on the ballot and uh, looking forward to seeing what what this class holds. Yeah, and you know, you you look back years and years ago when they were typically, some years, you know, would induct three, you, you, you're kind of caught in a, uh, a, a area there where you, you don't want to forget the old people or the, you know, old or whatever you want to call the ones of, you know, back in yesteryear uh, versus the ones you got now. People tend to get caught up more in the immediate moment and forget about some, some of the guys from the past. Oh, exactly. And, um, you know, I think hopefully we do a good job with the committee of educating them and and one thing we've tried to make sure we do, and, you know, Jim Simpson and Ed Arning had really instilled this in me, and you can understand this, Monty, uh, and I think a lot of our uh, listeners out there, when you put it this way, it kind of puts it in perspective. You need to look at the candidacy of the person in the era in which they play. You know, for example, uh, to, to compare Marvin Collier's quarterback numbers to the quarterbacks of this era, would not be fair to do. Um, but, and for example, he is on the ballot and has been heavily discussed the last few years, and I'm sure will be again this year. But at the time of uh, when his eligibility expired at Middle Tennessee, Marvin Collier rated in the top five of every statistical category of any quarterback that had ever played here at that time. Um, so that's one thing we try to do in the bios before we submit those to the committee, like any every single person that's nominated, we put together a bio of that individual for the committee so that when they're looking at it, they, they kind of have a better working knowledge of that person and, and what they did while they were here. And that next step we've tried to take is to make sure that, that we emphasize that at the time their eligibility expired, this is where they rated in, in Blue Raider history. And I think that's important to look at where they stood at that point, you know, because so much of the game changes from, from uh, era to era, whatever that sport may be. But, um, like, I, I've been really proud of, to your point about not forgetting our past, is, you know, Jamie Thomas is getting in last year. And, and I felt that was um, very, very well-deserved and, uh, Chip Walters makes the statement uh, when we when we've worked in Hall of Fame past, and sometimes when people say that is long overdue, Chip says, "Well, that's not really a fair statement because are you saying that they should have been in a long time earlier than someone else? And if you're saying that, then you're probably not being fair to the others who have been inducted. But you hope that in in due time." everything that should happen does. Um, so I would probably be guilty of being one of those people who would say Jamie Thomas becoming a Hall of Famer was long overdue. 
but I'm just glad it finally happened. You know, a couple years ago, um, Clay Snellgrove getting in, and you covered Blue Raider baseball. I mean, you covered all the games back then, and uh, you know what, what a player Clay Snellgrove was. So um, to see him finally, you know, take his place in the Hall of Fame, uh, I, I get as excited about those players as I do some of these that are more current. Uh, like you said, people kind of live in the moment, but, um, you know, like Alicia Clark and Bryce Brent, some of those, as soon as their 10 years being removed from their playing uh, eligibility were over, they were, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers and, uh, you know, very well should have been. Yeah, I was probably with Tomatus as guilty as anybody on that because, you know, obviously I covered that. I covered her. Uh, and I probably said something to the fact, well, it's about time she got in, um, right. you know, because. And, you know, I, like you said, and, and I've done that, too. I, I've done that with lots of people. And when um, when one day I made that statement to Chip Walters, and, and I, I think it was about Boogie Yates, Boogie going in last year. And I was like, well, you know, um, he he had just went in, but I was comparing that to someone who had been out for a long time, and I think it might have been Clay. I think it was Clay Snellgrove, and I made that statement, you know, long overdue. I don't, you know, I don't know what's taking so long. And when Chip explained it the way he did, I'm like, you know, I never, I never quite thought about it in those terms. But when you do, you know, it kind of makes a little more sense. But to your point earlier, uh, what a lot of people don't understand is, is that. For so many years, the uh, Blue Raider Hall of Fame only inducted those those three players, uh, three Hall of Famers. And, uh, you know, you had a lot of sports, but only three players going in every year, and a lot of people got left behind. And then on top of that, you know, in the 80s and, and 90s, depending on which sport you're talking about, along came women's athletics. Uh, when the Hall of Fame started and they were just putting three in at a time, uh, there was not all of the women's athletics that we have now. And so when you factor in, you've got to be 10 years removed from your playing time and the fact that, you know, a lot of the women's uh, sports started uh, in the 80s and in the 90s, some of those players were just becoming eligible for the Hall of Fame in the 90s and 2000s. So that's why it, it is good now that we're uh, inducting five to six a year, and that helps. But, you know, there's still a lot of very, very deserving uh, people in our past um, that, that certainly we don't want to forget or leave behind. Tony Stennett joined us today. He works for the MTSU Media Relations Department in Athletics. Uh, primary duties are the Hall of Fame, which we've been discussing, as well as women's basketball. And we'll get into that in a minute. Right now, we're going to take a break and be right back. Hey fellas, still need your annual health exam? I personally recommend Low T Center to get your complete health assessment, where they check all your levels. It's typically completely covered by most health insurance, and if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and an office visit with their medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health, making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Where is the best barbecue in town? In 1920, 
East Main, the best barbecue for miles around is in 1920. East Main, you can buy it by the pound, sandwich, platter, or plate. No matter what you choose, it will taste great. You can come with a friend by yourself or with a date. Just lick the pig barbecue. Barbecue pork, beef or chicken, Brunswick stew, great sides, lunch specials, down-home atmosphere, and they cater. Slick Pig Barbecue, it's the best. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Hall's Auto Care. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Hall's Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Hall's Auto Care. In Rutherford County, you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris, here to help life go right when you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-893-1417. Every team knows which play can be the winning move. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris, here to help life go right by combining your home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-893-1417. It's a winning move that saves you time and money. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. First Bank. Tony Stennett joining us today with the MTSU Sports Media Relations Department. Uh, Tony, we'll jump into Lady Raider basketball. Great run in the uh, NIT, made the uh, Final Four of it, the furthest they've advanced in any tournament, postseason tournament, outside, obviously, uh, conference tournaments, and uh, kind of ran into a buzzsaw against Seton Hall, got behind, actually got ahead, lost that lead. It was a tough, it was a tough loss. There's one thing about middle this year. Uh, regardless of how far they got behind, they always got back in the game, and they didn't win them all. So that led to some kind of gut-wrenching defeats this year. Oh, definitely. Um, 20, uh, 22 points is uh, the combined number of points the Lady Raiders lost their uh, their eight, I guess, nine games by. So the average margin of defeat was 3.1 points per game, um, which, like you said, is very agonizing. But at the same time, it tells you that your team was in every game it played, had a chance to win every game that, that it played, which you can't always say that. Um, four, four of those losses were by two points or less, three of them coming in overtime. So um, a very, very competitive team. And, you know, there's, there's probably been lots of really good coaching jobs that Coach Insel has done that sometimes get overlooked because he just always wins. But I would, I would say in his 17 years, this may have very well been the best one when you consider the team had lost 70-plus percent of its scoring, its rebounding, its three-point shooting, uh, lost three starters uh, from last year's championship team. And then coming back this year, um, you know, you were starting two true freshmen, playing three true freshmen as um, – Courtney Blakely averaged 16 minutes a game off the bench. And then on top of that, you were adding two transfers, and Dorsar and Ksenia Malaska 
both excellent players, but nonetheless, transfers who didn't know the system and had to adapt to Coach Ensel's way of doing things. So uh, you virtually had five, you know, new players in the mix to go with um, a bunch of freshmen who the previous year did not necessarily play as many minutes. The only two players coming back that had really factored in the previous season were Courtney Whitson and Alexis Whittington. So when you when you consider all of that, and then the schedule that the Lady Raiders played, I mean, Middle Tennessee was top 50 in the um, in the net most of the season. I think going into the postseason was right there at 52 or 53. So virtually a top 50 program in that regard. And again, in all of the games against a very tough schedule, um, and then had that great run at the end. And I know the goal is to be in the NCAA tournament, and that was certainly the goal of, of this team. But, you know, unlike some other teams that I've been associated with, um, I think sometimes the NIT is viewed as, well, you know, we didn't make the NCAA, so we'll go do this and see how it plays out. But this team really took on a whole different attitude that they had another opportunity and they were going to go make the most of it and, and see how far they could take this thing on. And I think that spoke to kind of the character of the team all season, that they never quit. They, um, they were truly, you know, a team that played for one another and, and played hard and got after the, the loose balls, diving on the floor, playing great uh, team defense. Um, but, you know, when you look at the fact that our leading scorer came off the bench and averaged 13 points per game, that kind of tells you how balanced the team is. Um, and I, I think what else I noticed was, you know, really, Monty, for the first time uh, since probably some of Coach Insel's early days when he was playing Maryland and LSU and some of those people here at the Glass House and the place was packed, I think those last two WNIT home games against um, Vanderbilt and Seton Hall, um, Murphy Center was as electric as it's been in many, many, many years for women's basketball. And, you know, hopefully that's something that they can build off of and uh, carry forward into next year when there should be an absolutely outstanding team on the court uh, playing against another quality schedule. Yeah, I think one thing that stood out really on both the men and women, there are a lot of parallels there, um, you know, it could be somebody different every night. They were both teams very unselfish. They didn't care who got the numbers. And, you know, used to be if you picked up a Lady Raider box score, you meant, okay, where, let's go to Chrissy Gibbons. What did she get? Let's go to Amber Holt. Uh, let's go to Alicia Clark. Let's go to Ebony Rowe. You knew who was going to lead them in scoring. This year, you really had no clue. No, and you made a point uh, early on this season, and it ended up playing out the whole year. But uh, I remember less than nine games into the season, you had pointed out that we had already had five different players lead us in scoring. That ended up being six different players leading uh, the Lady Raiders in scoring on any given night throughout the season. And uh, just missed being seven different players as Courtney Blakely twice came very close to being the leading scorer. Uh, and I think that just made for a better team all around because you had to respect everybody. I know at Toledo, and that was quite an atmosphere too, close to 5,000 people on the road. And, you know, what a great win for the Lady Raiders. 
there at Toledo. But after the game, uh, their coach was asked about why they never doubled uh, Anastasia Boldreva because, you know, of course she had 28 points, 26 in the second half, and, and I think only missed four or five field goals. But like the coach said, she said, who, who are you going to leave open? Any one of them can hit three, and they're all capable of scoring. So you just got to try to play them straight up inside and, and hope your other girls can be good on the perimeter. Um, but that's kind of, I think, what made the team so good is that, um, one, it was great team defense, and two, uh, there were so many different players on the court at any given time uh, who could hurt you. Well, um, in, in turning the page toward next year, um, obviously Old Dominion's out of the league. Um, um, Southern Miss will be out, and um, well, somebody else I can't remember. Old Dominion. Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and Marshall. Marshall, yeah. Um, and, and that that brings up another unique dynamic too. We'll get into in a second. Um, so they're gone. Um, you know they they pretty well nailed it about where everybody was going to finish this year or, or close to it. The coaches did. I would think middle would probably be the favorite next year. Uh, yeah, I would be absolutely shocked if they're not. Uh, number one, coming off the season that they had, but more importantly, uh, returning four starters and nine of the 11 players who were on the roster. Of course, um, you lose Dorsar. Uh, and Amanda Whittington. Uh, so those are the two losses. Uh, but everybody else is back. And the interesting thing is when you say you lose four starters, that does not include Ksenia Malaska, who came off the bench and was the sixth player of the year and was actually your leading scorer. So it's, in theory, you could easily say, you know, you, you return five people who, who really factored in in terms of starting, even though Ksenia was a non-starter. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you look at what we're adding uh, in terms of signees and what has trans, uh, transpired to this point. Um, I think that next season could easily be one of the most special seasons in Lady Raider history. Well, the the season was barely over, and um... – it was announced the day after, matter of fact, that uh, MTSU had uh, got a player out of the transfer portal, and I looked down, and it's a girl from Marshall, and I'm like, well, you don't see uh, transfers within conferences, and then I'm like, well, they're not even going to be in the conference next year, but Savannah Wheeler, I mean, here's another girl that has put up incredible numbers and is, if anything, is a very good shooter, is a great shooter, but she's looking at some of the film on her, She's pretty good off the dribble, too. Oh, yeah, she's outstanding. And, uh, I mean, sometimes, like with Dorsar, you knew you were getting an excellent player, uh, obviously uh, one with a lot of character. That kind of spoke for itself. But still, you didn't – you hadn't seen her a lot. You had to watch a lot of film. Uh, you didn't really probably get to completely know her and her game until she, she got here on campus. In the summer, that is not the case with um, Savannah Wheeler. Our coaching staff obviously knows her very well. Our players know her very well, as she has been the focus of the scouting report when you play Marshall the last three years. 
but you're talking about the leading scorer in the conference. Like you said, one, an outstanding shooter. She has shot 35% or better from three-point range all three years at the collegiate level. And then on top of that, really good off the dribble. And the thing is, um, say you lose Dorsar, and then Savannah Wheeler comes in and is a very, very similar player. Um, I think brings the same type of leadership because of the way Savannah led at Marshall. And then uh, obviously, I think, is probably an even more dynamic scorer. I mean, she had a, Savannah Wheeler had a 40-point game this season and also – uh, three other games that she scored 30 or more. And, you know, Monty, for her to put up those numbers, you got to understand she's the focal point of everybody's scouting report, not not just Middle Tennessee's. I mean, you know when you play Marshall that she's who you got to stop. But I also don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, the last three years Marshall has been far more competitive in women's basketball. In fact, if you remember season before last, uh, when the Lady Raiders won the championship, um, Marshall come in here and beat us 20-plus on a Friday night uh, right before the conference tournament. Now, we turned around and won the Saturday game um, to split that series and end up winning the regular season championship as well. That's a very confident Marshall team, and I think a big part of that is Savannah Wheeler and, and the way she transformed that program in her three years there. My understanding is that, um, of course, there was no animosity at Marshall. She she played. She loved her time there. But my understanding is she just wanted an opportunity to go somewhere where she could have a chance to play for a conference championship and play postseason basketball. And obviously, Middle Tennessee checked both of those boxes. I know there was a lot of interest in her from some other schools, you know, I think two things beyond the, the, you know, playing for championships in the postseason that really weighed in Middle Tennessee's favor is, one, what Dorsar came in here and did this year. You know, Savannah Wheeler was able to see that very close up being in the same conference and probably think she can do the same thing, if not a little bit more. And then uh, the other thing is just Coach Ensel's system, um, it's really perfect for players such as that because there's a lot of coming off screen, shooting the three. But, you know, if I'm a guard, especially a scorer, and I saw what Anastasia uh, Boldreva did this season and her progress inside, you know you got a chance to go play with a 6'6 post player who is uh, really fluid, and, and I think the sky is the limit. Yeah, it's a lot to get excited about. Yeah, and I, I was thinking, too, another one, a reason I could see somebody, particularly a shooter, come here. There's so much freedom. I mean, if you're open and don't take a three, you're going to the bench. So there's there's not too many bad shots. If you're open, you better take it. And uh, that's what shooters want. They don't want to be looking over their shoulder if they miss two in a row. Right. And you know, uh, this year's team uh, sets a program record for three pointers in a season, well over 330. And you think about that money. I mean, we know the players who have come through here in the guards. Uh, so for that to happen in a season when you're you're playing such young players, I mean, Jalen Gregory was a big part of that. Uh, Courtney Whitson and uh, Dorsar, obviously the big three. Uh, but lots of players contributed to that. And to your point, I mean, you um, 
if you come and play on this program and you have opportunities to shoot the three and don't, uh, you'll probably find yourself not playing. You're listening to All Sports Talk. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller from News Radio WGNS with a reminder that you can download the Weatherology app on your phone for the forecast at your fingertips. We can even send weather bulletins directly to your phone. Download the Weatherology app today. It's free in the App Store. Good afternoon. It's heavy, but it's moving. A steady flow of traffic here on 24 coming in from Davidson County through Rutherford County. Stop and go out here up and down. Certain sections of Thompson Lane. Low-key is pretty busy as well. 231 is also heavy towards Shelbyville. Hey, if you're injured in an automobile accident and you need Tillman W. Payne attorney at law, log on to TillmanWPayneLaw.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're not waking up to the wake-up crew, here's what you've been missing. You're not afraid to be fired. <laughs> Don't miss the wake-up crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Boy, will it hurt my pocketbook if I am. Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. You've seen the ads out there, companies wanting to buy your home. But why sell yourself short when you can get fair market value? I'm Lisa Patton. If you have an estate to settle or a home to sell, call Parks Auction. We'll work with you to sell your home or property in any condition with no costly repairs on your timeline. Why accept one offer when you can have multiple? You need Parks Auction. We look out for your best interest. Call Parks Auction today. We handle everything. In Rutherford County, you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel, here to help life go right when you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850 and let me save you money and time. Your home, your auto, together they're where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your home and auto. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. You're listening to the flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. On 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Middle Tennessee. Layup, bench, cold. Middle Tennessee football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, we got them. You're listening to the flagship station for Blue Raider Athletics. I'm Chip Walters. Hear the games here on News Radio WGNS. Middle Tennessee win. Raiders win the championship. Your source for the Big Blue and the Borough. News Radio WGNS. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and today we lead off the show with several cancellations due to weather. First of all, the Blue Raider baseball game scheduled for tomorrow at 4 o'clock against Memphis at Reese Smith Field has been postponed with no makeup date uh, yet made. So it could be made up, could be canceled, just don't know yet. Both teams will be working on to see if there is indeed a possibility of a makeup date. But no baseball on Wednesday. 
The Blue Raiders will be traveling to Huntington, West Virginia this weekend to take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. The Blue Raiders have won two straight series in Conference USA and are in a log jam for fourth place right now in the league standings. All right, staying on the diamond due to current and incoming inclement weather through Wednesday night, Middle Tennessee softball has canceled its midweek game scheduled against Murray uh, tomorrow afternoon. The Blue Raider matchup on Friday against FIU has also been moved up two hours from an originally scheduled 5 o'clock start. It will now be, uh, first pitch will now come at 3 p.m. The Blue Raiders will play FIU on Saturday and for game two at 5 o'clock before closing out the series against FIU on Sunday at 11 a.m. That will be at Felsberg Field on the campus of FIU. All right, also another cancellation. Middle Tennessee soccer midweek contest on Wednesday against Lipscomb has been canceled due to class conflicts and inclement weather coming in. The Blue Raiders had scheduled to play the Lipscomb Bisons after having their game against Belmont canceled. Middle Tennessee will next head to Chattanooga to take on the Mocs on Saturday. Uh, That will be a noon Central Time kickoff before closing out their spring slate, hosting Vanderbilt next Thursday at 7.30 at Dean Hayes Stadium. Men's golf amid a field with four ranked opponents and two more teams. Middle Tennessee will see later in the month at the Conference USA Championships. The Blue Raider men's golf team availed themselves well at the Mason Rudolph Championships in Franklin, placing fourth in the field of 15, the best finish of any Conference USA team in the field. Middle Tennessee finished minus eight as a team across three rounds in the par 71 South course at the Vanderbilt Legends Club, edging out number 33 Ohio State by two strokes. The Blue Raiders were one of just six teams to finish under par, finishing well ahead of Conference USA rivals Louisiana Tech, who was at plus nine, and Western Kentucky, who finished last in the event at plus 36. Women's golf heads to uh, San Antonio to wrap up the regular season, and when it heads to UTSA's Mary, uh, Mary S. Kauf Invitational at San Antonio Country Club there in the Lone Star State. The Blue Raiders will be one of nine teams competing on the par 72 course. Also, Blue Raider Athletics is announcing that football season tickets are now on sale with the same pricing structure as 2021 without any rate increases. Fresh off the Bahamas Bowl win and five wins in its last seven games, Middle Tennessee poised to build on that success in 22 with Bowl MVP quarterback Nick Vadiato and record-setting defensive end Jordan Ferguson back to lead the way. There's a full story on GoBlueRaiders.com, but also want to mention during the month of April, All the way through the 30th, one lucky season ticket holder that has renewed their seats from last season will be randomly selected each day to win a special football season ticket holder renewal prize. Incredible prizes up for grabs include uh, authentic Blue Raider football helmets, Bahamas Bowl footballs, a Planet Fitness one-year black card membership, and gift cards from different Blue Raider partners, including textbook brokers, Sam Sports Grill, uh, Champies, Kroger, Zaxby's, Slick Pig, Donut Country, and Ascend. All right, that's it for Tuesday. We will have more for you coming up tomorrow. Hey, hey, hey!
Nothing gets your attention like a happy client. When we were planning our move from Wisconsin to Murfreesboro, we chose Chip Walters of Exit Realty. He knows Rutherford County, and we looked in several neighborhoods. And Chip helped us write an offer on a house in Murfreesboro. And it was accepted on the first try. If you were to tell me you were looking at buying or selling a home, I'd tell you to choose Chip. I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty Bob Lamon Associates, your trusted advisor in real estate. We can get surprisingly great rates on auto and renter's insurance at State Farm. Hello, I'm State Farm Agent Deb Insel, and we're your one-stop shop for protecting your car and your stuff for a surprisingly great rate. So stop looking around. Team Insel is ready to help. Call 931-684-5274 for your surprisingly great auto and renter's rate today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Tony Sennett joined us today with the MTSU Athletic Media Relations Department. Uh, Tony, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, uh, Blue Raider Baseball. Um, won two series in a row, uh, and it's always nice to beat Western Kentucky. Uh, they were um, big winners um, Friday night, lost 7-3 to on Saturday, and came back and won 5-1 to Sunday. I guess the one thing that stood out, two of the three games, unbelievable starting pitching. Yeah, and that, that's starting to, uh, you know, be more consistent. I was glad to see uh, Peyton Wigginson, the Sunday starter, back um, – back on the mound as a starter you know they've been using him more in relief uh on the weekend and you know totally understand why it's kind of like if you feel like if you can get um, two games out of him where he can impact two wins um coming out of the bullpen and saving games at the back end um then you take those chances but what that also does is maybe limit you in terms of a starter on um uh, for that Sunday game where you're going with a younger younger arm. And Peyton, of course, has a tremendous amount of uh, experience as a starter here at Middle Tennessee, uh, he and, and Zach Keenan both. But Zach Keenan has been far more consistent in his uh, Saturday start or Friday starts, especially the last two. Uh, kind of got roughed up against Old Dominion on that Friday afternoon. But the last two weeks against UAB and um, Western Kentucky – he was very good. You know, Wigginson has uh, stepped up and, and done what you expect him to do. So I think you're getting a little bit more consistent. Uh, now that we're at about the midseason mark, I think they have kind of identified some of those younger arms that they feel like can come in and, and help uh, that have been doing that more consistently uh, with, like, Sells and Ham. Those guys have, have kind of stepped in as freshmen and sophomores and done really well. I think um, – you know, the first series against Old Dominion, we lost two out of three, but that uh, that was easily a winnable series. Um, Middle Tennessee salvaged uh, the series by winning on Sunday, but the Saturday game was one to nothing going to the seventh inning. Middle Tennessee leading, actually going to the sixth inning, with Middle Tennessee leading that game, ended up losing six to three. Uh, but they responded really well, had a chance to sweep UAB. Um, lost an extra innings on Sunday, and then, of course, like you said, one, two out of three this weekend. 
and heading to Marshall this weekend, I think, is a, a huge series. Really need to win that one. You know, a sweep would be – we all know how hard that is. But um, if we could pull off a sweep, then that would be the equivalent of having taken two out of three every weekend. So um, right now we're kind of sitting there uh, two games out of first, uh, about fourth or fifth, you know, so pretty solid position to make the conference tournament. Um, it's, you know, Conference USA baseball is really, really tough. Um, so any anytime you got a chance to, to sweep or win a series, I think it, it's very important to get that done. Um, but a good thing is some of the top teams in the league that we still have to play, they all come to uh, Reese Smith Field this year, and that's uh, Southern Miss, Charlotte, Louisiana Tech. So uh, chance to get some stuff done at home, and the crowds have been really good so far this season. You're listening to All Sports Talk. We'll take our final break and be right back. Coming soon to News Radio WGNS, a brand new listening experience. The Roundtable. Interesting hosts and guests with the news, views, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. Weekday mornings, 9 to 10, coming soon. Good afternoon. It's heavy, but it's moving. A steady flow of traffic here on 24 coming in from Davidson County through Rutherford County. Stop and go out here up and down certain sections of Thompson Lane. Low-key is pretty busy as well. 231 is also heavy towards Shelbyville. Hey, if you're injured in an automobile accident and you need Tillman W. Payne attorney at law, log on to TillmanWPayneLaw.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We do it your way at Pizza. Murphy Spurl's favorite pizza is now hiring at all three locations. That's right. Join the Surf Pizza team. Just stop on in and ask for a manager. Hello, friends. Lenny Farmer with Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. More than I can count, we have taken care of families who were totally caught off guard with the passing of a loved one. There are so many details to tie up, it really can be overwhelming. Again, more than I can count are the comments from families who have pre-planned and pre-funded their or their loved one's funeral, saying it would have been a financial hardship had we not. Let me help you pre-plan. Call me at 615-893-2422. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Ken Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. Tony Stennett with the MTXU Sports Media Relations Department joining us today. We're talking some Blue Raider baseball. Yeah, Tony, uh, you mentioned Southern Miss. They're in first place at 7-2. and two. And then you've got FAU and Louisiana Tech, 6-3. and three. And then there's about 4-5 or five at 5-4. Uh, and four. So, this thing can flip-flop every weekend. So, I mean, really, 
from the west, the rest of the way out, all these series are going to be crucial. Oh, they are. And then when you think about how close it is, um, and the fact that only the top eight teams make the uh, make the conference tournament, uh, I think there are going to be some real battles. And there's the potential for one or two good baseball teams not to make the conference tournament. Uh, you know, people don't even talk about UTSA, and uh, they're solid right there in the middle of the pack along with us, um, and they just come off a big weekend. So uh, top five or six teams in Conference, UC, uh, Conference U, uh, USA can all do a lot of damage and uh, make for one of the top-rated baseball conferences in the country. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, of course, as you said, uh, Memphis tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> Don't know about the rain. Don't know about the rain situation, and then on to Marshall, and um, Marshall's a, a unique thing in that they do not play on campus. No, and nor do they have lights. So all all of those games are are early afternoon games. Um, gosh, I remember a couple years ago we went over there and played at three different ballparks: a pro park, uh, uh, kind of a rec uh, YMCA park, and then. Um, Oh, the Sunday game was played like an hour and a half from Marshall's campus up near Virginia. Wow. <laughs> well, anyway, I know the, the player. <laughs> I know the first game Friday. I think it's at two o'clock. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Speaking of baseball, Tony, in uh, two days, uh, the banner will be unveiled at Truist Park in Atlanta. Yeah, hard to believe it's uh, finally here. Baseball season. I can't wait. You know, championship weekend, uh, the rings, the banners, and sounds good to go out there as the defending world champions. Yeah, you know, um, of course, you know, we obviously we both lamented that Freddie Freeman did go to the Dodgers, but, you know, that's, you know, I never thought Pujols would leave uh, St. Louis, but it's happened. But I will say this as somebody who does follow the A's, probably the only person in Rutherford County. Um, they got a heck of a player in Matt Olson. So uh, he's starting to he started to heat up in the um, um, preseason. So looking forward to see what he brings. Looks like Acuna's a little ahead of schedule on uh, his rehab. So, um, you know, I don't know if they can match what they did last year. Uh, I think they're a better team, but there was that was a pretty special team last year. I mean, they didn't get to 500 until like August 5th. Yeah, and then you know, uh, and part of that is all of the parts that you got in late July. Just everything, everything played out after the the trade deadline. I was glad to see Rosario uh, able to stay. I think he's outstanding. But you know, a real key will be if Soroka is able to to come back and have the form that he did prior to his injury, because if that's the case, uh, you've got four incredible starting pitchers to go with a, a really dynamic bullpen. Yeah, we lost Freddie to the uh, Dodgers, but at least we uh, we snagged their uh, closer. And that guy, he's been, uh, he's been just a nightmare for the National League past few years, so I'm looking forward to them having at least going into the season a legitimate closer you feel comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, Will Smith was lights out 
in the World Series and, and part of the postseason last year. But, phew, before that point, um, you just had to hold your breath when he came in there. So to have him as a setup man is remarkable to, to Kenley Jansen. And then, you know, getting Colin McHugh is huge. And then all the parts that you have back that were already that uh, so good with uh, Matzik and Mentor, uh, hopefully Luke Jackson uh, bounces back. You know, I think they said he had some arm soreness at the end of uh, spring. But um, I think that pitching, you know, the offense has the capability, I think, of being as good as it was last year if they can stay healthy. But uh, the pitching has a chance to, to, I think, put us over the top. I do, too. I tell you what, you know how frustrating it is to be an A's fan? Consider this. The Oakland's payroll this year is exactly the same as it was in 1991. Wow. So that tells That's hard to believe. That tells you I feel for their fans out there. Because, you know. I feel for their one fan in Rutherford County because I do know how closely you follow them. They, uh, uh, they were, there's a, there was a list of players, just one in, just individual players. It was like, I don't know, 12 to 15, 16 names. Just the one player makes more than the entire payroll of the A's. Good grief. So they definitely, of course, you know, they do this, they blow it up and then they'll, they'll stink for about three years and then they'll get good again. And then they'll have a you know, a good three- or four-year run, and then they'll go back and uh, they'll stink another four or five years. So <laughs> that's just the way they do it. Drives drives me nuts. It does. But All right, Tony, hey, I appreciate you joining us as always today. And uh, I know there's no rest for the weary, even though there's no hoops. So you you guys stay busy all the time over there, I guess. Uh, one thing, I guess, uh, are they going to do a spring game this year? Uh, be more uh, you know, spring practice. Uh, there's only like 60-something players out, so really not enough um, for a spring game until you get your players here in August. Yeah, That will be April the 16th, and that will be open to the public um, that morning here at the stadium. Uh, but, but it'll be more like a, a kind of an upscale practice, uh, but nothing more than that. All right. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Bonnie. That's Tony Stennett joining us today. Everybody have a great rest of the day. Andy Herzer joins me tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. All sports talk on News Radio. WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank, Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance. Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors, Jennings and Ears Funeral Home, Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.